Hello, Galactic Castaways. This is Alpha Control, the podcast about Irwin Allen's classic sci-fi adventure TV series, Lost in Space. I am your mission controller for this podcast, Colonel Lane August, and I'm joined by my trusty co-controller, Dr. Kurt Kersteiner. Kurt and I are old college chums, children of the 1960s, and most importantly, big fans of Lost in Space. Welcome aboard as we blast off together to celebrate Erwin Allen's Lost in Space. Now, let's get ready to launch. Welcome back, folks, for a special episode of Alpha Control, a Lost in Space podcast. Today I'm flying the Jupiter 2 solo, and I mean really solo this time. No trusty co-host Kurt, and no guest to interview. It's just me. Now before you hit the delete key on your device, stick with me for a minute because what I want to do today is a short but sweet episode dedicated to you, the loyal listeners of Alpha Control. You know, our show debuted about six months ago, and both Kurt and I have been astounded by the response to the show. Not only have we been blown away by how the show has taken off in terms of listenership, but almost from the start, we've received great feedback from you in the form of comments, questions, and a few very much appreciated reviews. I've done my level best to respond to as many of these as I can, but honestly, if time allowed, I'd like to do better. What unfortunately I haven't done is answer questions or comments on our shows. So today I thought it was high time that I rectify that by recognizing you and addressing a few of the most popular questions or comments that have come up since we started this gig. Speaking of recognition, we have three great listeners out there who have graciously pledged to help out the show by donating to our Patreon account. Those are Paul Brunel, Scott Blaze, and Andrew Iliadis. Now, this is nothing that I've really spent a lot of time shilling for because, obviously, our podcast is not a money-making scheme. If anything, it's a money-losing scheme. Well, I'm just kidding about that. But I'm sure most of you have picked up on the fact that this is a labor of love for Kurt and I. That being said, it does cost money to keep the show on the air. And Patreon is a site that allows supporters to contribute as little as a dollar to nonprofit content creators like podcast producers. So I set up a Patreon account for Alpha Control, but I've never really promoted it. There is a link to it right on the banner for our website at alphacontrolpodcast.com that will take you to our Patreon account. If you're interested, take a look and check it out. If you're so inclined, you can make a one-time donation, or as our three Jupiter-level supporters have done, you can make a monthly donation. If you do, let me say thank you, because it does help pay the expenses that keep our free show going, and both Kurt and I are very grateful for the support. Thanks again to Paul Brunel, Scott Blaze, and Andrew Iliadis for their support. It really helps. Okay, now that we've gotten that shameless plug out of the way, let's get on with the show. There are several categories of questions or comments that I've received repeatedly, so I thought I'd make an effort to respond to those on this show. And I'll start with a frequent one that I've received through Facebook. How do I contact the show? Well, there's several ways. You can email us at alphacontrolpodcast at gmail.com. If you're on Facebook, you can leave a comment on our Facebook page for the podcast, which is real easy to find just by searching for Alpha Control Podcast. And then if you do find it, please like our page. That helps us out as well. 
If you send me a friend request on Facebook, I'll probably accept it just because I'm that kind of a crazy guy. And then you can always try to send me a direct message on Facebook once we're friends. But my preferred way for you to make a comment or to ask a question is to go to our website. Again, that's alphacontrolpodcast.com. That's where you can listen to the episodes of our show. If you're already on Facebook, there's a plug-in comment feature, and that way you can leave a comment or question that directly relates to an individual episode of the show. One of the reasons I say it's preferred is because I tend to check our website a little more routinely than I do, say, Facebook or my email, quite honestly. We want all of you to reach out and give us your feedback, no matter how you do it, because that's a big motivator for us to keep doing the show. And by the way, I should just say for the record, I welcome all feedback, even constructive critical feedback, and appreciate that as well as the glowing reviews that we mostly get. Let me give another special shout out to a couple of listeners who've really been great about leaving some very thoughtful comments on the website for almost all of our episodes. That would be Mr. James Harbold and Mr. Mark Purrington. Both of these guys are clearly huge Lost in Space fans, and they always have good takes and some really unique insights about the different episodes that we review. One of the things that I learned from James was that Robbie the Robot had a different chess piece control panel installed for his appearance in War of the Robots from the one that he had when he premiered for the movie Forbidden Planet. Now that was a fact I'd never caught or read anywhere. And apparently, when Polar Lights made a model kit of Robbie, that optional chest piece was included as well. Hmm, that was a real good one, James. Thanks for that. A cool but obscure piece of Lost in Space trivia that Mark shared with me was related to a vintage Folgers coffee commercial I played during one episode. That commercial predated the debut of Mrs. Olsen, a.k.a. Virginia Christine, who played that role for Folgers for 21 years. The Lost in Space connection is that she was married for 53 years to actor Fritz Feld, a.k.a. Mr. Zumdish. I've received quite a few technical pieces of information from several listeners who are also well-known contributors to the Facebook Lost in Space fan community. One of them is a real sweet guy. Uh, I've come to regard him as a friend, Mr. Dan Schroeder. Dan is such a great guy, and he loves Lost in Space. But in our review of There Were Giants in the Earth, Kurt and I had a little fun with the fact that the Jupiter 2 was capable of withstanding the icy cold temperatures of outer space. And yet the Robinsons were forced to abandon the ship and head south when they learned that their little corner of pre-planus was about to suffer a severe and crippling cold snap. Well, hearing us joke about that, Dan set me straight and made sure that I knew There was a reason for this inconsistency, because you see, in the unaired pilot, No Place to Hide, which provided a good bit of content for the first several episodes of Lost in Space, it was explained that the ship's solar batteries had been damaged during their crash, and therefore, there wouldn't be enough power to keep the interior of the ship warm enough for the castaways to survive that coming cold snap. Fair point, Dan, although... I wish they'd made that clear in the broadcast episode, There Were Giants in the Earth. I just didn't remember hearing them say that. So in any event, Dan, thanks for the correction or the clarification, and thanks for all of your support. I should mention also that we do walk a fine line sometimes at Alpha Control. Now, Kurt and I both really love Lost in Space. 
mostly for the way the show is so ahead of its time, the stories, the cool technology, so many things about it. The monsters, of course. But we also enjoy the humor, both intentional and unintentional, that has come from the show. We want our show to be fun both for hardcore fans and for the newbies to Lost in Space. So that means we're going to occasionally laugh with the show, but that should never be confused as laughing at the series. Lost in Space Forever means something to us. Now, another great guy I had the pleasure of meeting is Mr. Bill Hedges. Fans know him for his collection of original and repro Lost in Space props. I had been referring forever to those ubiquitous lighted domes that the show uses as alien control devices in, for example, invaders from the fifth dimension as jello molds. Now, that's something I've been doing since I was a kid, and the reason for that is my mother had these clear plastic Tupperware jello molds that looked almost exactly like those alien control devices. But hearing me call them jello molds, Bill also set me straight on that one. Turns out that what these actually were are antique glass objects called flower frogs. Now, I gotta say, I had never heard of flower frogs before, but apparently they were very popular back in the first half of the last century as another way to display cut flower blossoms. If you're interested, do a Google image search and take a look at them. They're cool, and they're obviously what the Lost in Space prop creators use to make the alien control devices. So, of course, Bill was right. In fact, he's collected several of these, and he even converted one into a working replica of the one that's seen inside the Keeper ship. So I really appreciated the clarification on that bill but i'm probably still going to call them jello molds because uh, that's what i always called them and old habits do die hard but i do know that they were flower frogs Speaking of feedback, this is another opportunity for me to plug another way that you can help support the show. And that's by going to iTunes or whatever platform that you use to listen to the show and leave us a rating and most importantly, a review. Not only for the ego boost that it gives me, but more importantly, the number of ratings and reviews that a podcast gets, believe it or not, affects how easy it is for folks to find a show among the blizzard of podcasts that are out there. One of my big objectives for doing the podcast is to try and help expand the fan base of people who appreciate and love classic Lost in Space. And I do have anecdotal evidence that, at least in a small way, this show has done that. But I'm greedy, and I want more and more people to love Lost in Space. Getting a critical mass of ratings and reviews will help that. So if you have a chance, please do that. Leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to us. I also like to point out that we're also available on just about every other platform, and there's literally dozens of them that allow you to listen and subscribe to podcasts, including iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeart, and TuneIn Radio, among others. Just search on whatever app you use for Alpha Control Podcast, and then subscribe. That way, you'll never miss it when a new episode is released. Okay, continuing with the questions, I've been asked this repeatedly, why did you decide to do a Lost in Space podcast? Well, that is an interesting story. I got into listening to podcasts a few years ago, and there are thousands of different podcasts for many different topics, but entertainment is a big one. And one of the popular types of entertainment podcasts are review shows like ours. They usually focus on movies or popular TV shows, both current and past. 
As I've shared with others, there were three shows I really loved above all others as a kid. That would be the original Star Trek, Batman with Adam West, and of course, Lost in Space. And I think a lot of you guys know that Kurt's really a big fan of The Outer Limits and The Twilight Zone. He really loves those shows. And there are podcasts that cover all of those series, several of them in the case of Star Trek and some really good ones for Batman. Check out the Batcave podcast. That's a really good one. So I've listened to and enjoyed many of these over the years, but I kept trying to find a podcast about Lost in Space. There were a few podcasts out there that would do a special one-off episode or two talking about the series, but there was no show that was just specifically dedicated to the classic series. Well, this went on for a while, and I kept complaining to my wife Lisa about it, and she got tired of hearing me bellyache, and she finally said, if you want to listen to a Lost in Space podcast, you're just going to have to make one. Well, that was kind of a joke with us for a while, but eventually I started to think, you know, why shouldn't I do a Lost in Space podcast? I mean, how hard can it be? Well, the one thing I knew, though, was if I did do it, I'd need help. And there was only one man for that job, my old college chum, Kurt. If I couldn't talk him into doing it, there was just no way it was going to happen. Happily, when I broached the subject with him, he wasn't just open to it. He was very enthusiastic. Still, it lingered for a while. It was just an idea. And then... I heard there was going to be a Netflix reboot of Lost in Space, and that was it. I said, that's a sign. It's now or never. We've got to do this thing. Kurt jumped on board, and the rest is history. Well, I'm really happy that we did it because it has been a lot of fun, and plus it's given Kurt and I the opportunity to interact with each other much more regularly, so that's been a bonus. Also, I've made some new friends through this fantastic Lost in Space fan community that exists online. Plus, it's afforded me the opportunity to interview so many great guests that have appeared on the show, like Mr. Kevin Burns, Craig Reinbrecht from the B9 Robot Builders Club, Mark Cushman, the author of the Bible (laughs) that I use for research, his great Lost in Space series, Jeff Bond, the soundtrack producer, Ron Gross with his great artwork, Mr. Mike Clark, who's kind of a, a recognized expert on Lost in Space, The researcher and scholar, Dr. Frederick Hodges, uh, he was great also. And then most recently, we released an episode with Mark Myers, the model builder extraordinaire and special effects miniature expert. He was really great, and it was great getting to talk to all of these guys. And that brings me to another question I've been asked multiple times. Who else are you planning to interview? And what about the cast members? Okay, let me address the first part. Yes, we will continue to do interviews. I actually have several that have been recorded already. Ideally, I like to space those out because there's a lot more episodes of Lost in Space left for us to review. But I have recorded some additional interviews and you'll be hearing those in the future. I don't want to spoil any surprises, but among the guests who have been gracious enough to come on the show but you haven't heard yet are Mr. Bill Hedges from Australia, the colorization artist Guy Foster, and CGI filmmaker Phil Hamilton. There are a few others that we've recorded that I'll keep to myself for the time being because I'm kind of hoping those will be a big shock for you. Now, as to the cast members, of course, I'd love to get them on the show. And keep your fingers crossed, that could happen. We'll have to see. But this does lead me to another question, and it is related. (laughs) 
How was it to attend the 2018 Super Megafest convention in Framingham, Massachusetts, and getting to meet Bill Moomy, Angela Cartwright, Marta Christian, and Mark Goddard in the flesh? Well, do you have to ask? (laughs) All I can say is being overwhelmed is an understatement. It was awesome. Now, full disclosure, until recently, I've never really been the Comic-Con type convention goer. It's just something I'd never really done. I did earlier this year attend the June 2018 Wonderfest convention. It's a smaller convention. It has really a focus on sci-fi and fantasy modeling, and I love models, so that was really cool. But the main draw for me was the B9 Robot Builders Club brought nine full-scale Lost in Space robots, and I got to meet Craig Reinbrecht and a bunch of other club members, Phil Hamilton, Bill Hedges was there. It was all great. And they're going to be back next year, I understand. Keep your fingers crossed. So I'll definitely try to be going to that convention next summer. In addition to meeting those guys, I also met several fans of the podcast because as my sort of way of marketing the show, I had a t-shirt printed up with our show logo on it. A bunch of people saw me, didn't know who I was, but they saw the logo and they came up and said, hey, do you listen to the Alpha Control podcast? I said, yes, I do. (laughs) And then I introduced myself and... It was all great. Lost in Space fans are the best people ever. That's one thing I want to make sure I don't forget to say. That's such a great group of people. I've been really, just really blessed to get to meet you. One of the guys that I met at that convention, Wonderfest, was a really, really nice guy. Listens to the show, makes a lot of nice comments on Facebook. His name is uh, Brian Eugene Smith. He and his boys were there. We happened to bump into each other, and he was just such a nice guy, wonderful guy. And he seems like uh, he's got a great family, and that was a real treat for me. But... Going to this Super Mega Fest, that was a whole nother level. This was a much bigger convention. And it was really focused on comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and there was a huge cosplay element involved with this. Now, if you've never been to one of these things, cosplay is costume play, I guess. It's where people dress up as their favorite, you know, comic book heroes or TV or science fiction movie characters. And some of these people have... I mean, the costumes they have are unbelievable. They are so screen accurate, you just couldn't believe it. There's some pretty weird <laughs> weird things, too, to be quite honest, that you see there, but that's okay. Hey, it's a geek out festival par excellence, and so that makes it kind of fun. And I, I have to admit, there's a little geek in me. I've just never, I've never been the cosplay type person or the Comic-Con convention goer. But let me tell you how it was. Honestly, the only downer part of the whole trip was getting there. It was literally a case of planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, I had to fly from Chicago because I live near Chicago. I had to fly from Chicago to Boston. And then Framingham is close to Boston. It's about 20 miles away, but I won't give you the whole thing, but it was, it was really, it was a Friday evening and it, it was just, it was not good. But when I finally got there, everything was beautiful. The hotel was very nice. The convention center was very nice, but man, was it Packed. It was packed. You know, of course, for me, the big draw was the Lost in Space cast members were going to be there. And that was really what my focus was. But coincidentally, several listeners again had reached out beforehand, encouraging me to go to this convention and we're going to be there and said, hey, if you're there, let's, why don't we hook up? And there were quite a few of them that I ran into and got to meet. And some just incidentally, they didn't know I was going to be there because again, I was wearing a shirt with my logo on it and everything, always trying to shill for the podcast there. And that worked 
worked out very well. But some of the people that I met there that I do want to mention by name include Paul Brunel, again, one of our Patreon supporters, uh, Thomas Wolf. I think he runs a Jonathan Harris Facebook uh, appreciation group. Really nice guy there and listens to the show. Michael Panzerato, cool guy, Lost in Space fan, actor, uh, Jonathan Harris aficionado. You may remember him from some of his Facebook postings. And another guy that reached out to me, I don't see him on Facebook, but uh, he listens to the show, is a guy named Paul Monroe. And he's also a published author. He wrote a uh, book back in 1989 called The Lost in Space Handbook. And just super guys. It was awesome spending time with all of the people, uh, those I mentioned by name and and the others, of course. So that was a real benefit. Also, not Lost in Space related, I met this couple, Al and Gail. They're from the area somewhere in Massachusetts. We ran into each other in the uh, lounge in the evening. They brought a beautiful replica of the 1966 Batmobile. And I mean, this thing is gorgeous. And we hit it off. We, We actually, both nights, I wound up eating my dinner with them. And they were just super beautiful people and I actually got a chance to sit in the Batmobile something I've never even seen a Batmobile in person but that was cool and then I ran into another guy there who goes by the moniker Bat Fan Man and this guy forgive me I don't know his his real name but you should check out his Facebook page if you like the Batman show it's called Bat Fan Man on Facebook so search for that great guy he has a 1966 Batman suit that is so screen accurate it just blew me away it was It was amazing. And he was just standing in the lobby, and he stays in Adam West Batman character the whole time you're talking about him. It's it's just wild, but I had to have my picture taken with him, and he's great. Anyway, getting back to Lost in Space, it was so awesome. Saturday morning, I had paid extra for the early admission to the celebrity areas where you could go meet them and get their autograph and have your picture taken and everything. I think the doors were open for regular folks at about 10.30, but at 9.30, if you had the early pass, you could get down there. So I was like waiting. 9.30, I'm there. Well, there was nobody there except for Mark Goddard. He was like first there and he's sitting there and I got to chat with him and I got his autograph and got his picture. He was just really nice. He's quite a character. He's quite a card. I think most people know he's known for his kind of uh, sense of humor, his dry sense of humor and everything. And he kind of acts the grumpy old man (laughs) bit, but he looks great. And he remembers so much about the show. And he's got a couple books that he sold while he was there. And I've got, uh, I've got both of his books and they're really good. So that was awesome. Marta was the next to show up beautiful lady very gracious got her autograph got my picture taken with her just just a real treat and just someone that just seems like just such a lovely person inside and out and then next bill mumi and angela sort of showed up at the same time now this was all before the regular folks could be down there this was well before 10 30 bill was there with his wife and they were setting up their table and angela was there and she had some help as well and was setting up her table and i got to shake both of their hands and get my picture taken and uh Photographs, and they were just awesome. All of them are awesome. And it was kind of, I was a little starstruck, to be honest, by the whole thing. But they were so warm, gentle, generous, very seemed very interested and appreciative that there were so many people there that wanted to meet them and appreciated Lost in Space. Now, I have to say, it was a good thing that I got there early and paid extra for the early admission because at 1030, man, the place became swamped. I mean, hundreds of people were filing into this room where the Lost in Space cast was set up. But 
they were great. I was standing there chatting with some of the other people that recognized me there watching this and they didn't seem standoffish or, you know, fake. They were just real, very real. Now then the other highlight of the show was later that afternoon, they had a Lost in Space cast panel where they had another room set aside, a pretty good sized room, but honestly, they could have used a room twice as big because they were turning people away. It was standing room only, even with several hundred people in there. That was about an hour long. They made opening comments. They had a moderator that asked a few questions and then they went around the room with microphones and people got to ask questions, including myself, but I don't think I asked that great of a question. So uh, Thomas Wolf, I think, videoed the entire thing and you might go check out his video of the panel session on his Facebook page or maybe it's on the Jonathan Harris Facebook page. I'm not quite sure, but great, great experience. That was that was definitely worth it. Well, by the time Sunday morning came around, it was time for me to leave and it really was a whirlwind weekend. I had a hard time sleeping both nights because I was so I was so wired and excited about the whole thing, but it was certainly worth the effort. My trip home went a lot smoother than my trip getting there. I came home with a, a lot of great uh, memories and some pictures to document it all and some hope that down the line, perhaps I'll be able to talk some, if not all, of the Lost in Space cast members to come on the show. That would be a real treat for me. Now, someone asked me the question, and I'll just answer it here. Do any of the cast members listen to Alpha Control? Sadly, I'm pretty much sure that they don't, probably because they'd never heard of it, to be honest with you. And, you know, I'm not surprised by that. Um, Why would they? They've got busy lives themselves, and I'm sure they're not spending all day looking on Facebook for things about a Lost in Space podcast. But they do know about it now, and all of them were intrigued by it and said that they would check it out. So that made me feel good. Lost in Space, brought to you by... Are you ready to take control of your chronic back pain? Are you tired of being asked to perform menial tasks below your station? Then try new Maximum Strength Astro Cream Plus. Oh, the pain. The pain. Astro Cream Plus combines a powerful anesthetic for fast relief of most aches and pains with a powerful medicinal scent that others will rush to avoid. Oh, my back. I'm afraid I should have to retire to restore my vital forces. Trust Astro Cream Plus to buy you additional hours of much-deserved relaxation and avoid even the lightest of physical activity. Oh, Nexus, your king has a very delicate back. Oh, the pain, the pain. Backaches are a pain, and so are chores. Get fast, temporary relief with Astro Cream Plus. Okay, so that was Megafest. Let's do another question that I've been asked several times. Now, you know we're going through all the episodes, and we're we're pretty far along in Season 1. In fact, we're getting pretty close. By the time you hear this, I think we might have about seven episodes to go for Season 1, which in a way I'm kind of disappointed about because I really love Season 1. But another question that I've been asked several times is, do we plan on reviewing the unaired pilot No Place to Hide? Yes, yes we do. 
Now, I'm not sure when we'll fit that in, if we'll do it right after we get done with season one. We could have started out with that, but we elected not to. And in a way, I'm glad we didn't, because as most of you might have heard, Kevin Burns has announced that they're going to release, sometime next year, I believe, a colorized version of No Place to Hide. And he even posted some still shots and and a short clip of what we can expect to see. And it looks great. And I think since that's coming up, that might be a perfect opportunity for us to take a time out from reviewing the regular episodes and do a review of No Place to Hide. Sort of kill two birds with one stone. So I think that might be the way we go. We haven't made any firm decisions on that yet, so stay tuned. Also, I want to mention that since we are getting close to finishing all the first season episodes, we are definitely planning on doing a season one review show. We'll recap some of our favorite episodes for the season, a few other ideas I've got about that. Hopefully, that will be within the next couple of months. And I say hopefully, which is a nice segue to another question that I've been getting lately. And so before I get accused of being a liar when I said this would be a short episode, let me wrap things up by addressing the Cyclops in the room, so to speak. And that is what's going on with our show schedule. Why have you been releasing so many interviews lately and what can we expect going forward? Well, listeners who caught my alpha control alert signal a few weeks ago are aware that my co-host Kurt recently got schwacked by Hurricane Michael, and that did take a bite out of our recording schedule. He and his family are fine, but the interruption did impact our production of review episodes, at least for a couple of weeks. So in the meantime, I've been releasing some previously recorded interviews instead, and those are great. But as a result, I'm burning those a lot quicker than I'd really intended. As I said before, I'm trying to kind of keep those in reserve and space them out. So the hurricane impacted us and some other little personal issues that were going on in our schedules for both of us. But most importantly, I have to admit that the production time for these review episodes has really ballooned. Just to give you a little peek behind the curtain, recording an episode is the least time-consuming part of making the podcast. That usually only takes a couple of hours for Kurt and I to do, and provided our schedules match up, we can usually fit in one recording session a week, no problem. However, before we can record, we both watch the episode we're reviewing several times, we do our background research, we type up our notes, and then compare them. Then after we record comes the post-production and editing, which I handle myself. Please remember, folks, I am an amateur at this, uh, largely self-taught. But one of my personal standards from the beginning has been to make Alpha Control as professional sounding as possible. I'm happy to say that since we launched the show in April, I've become a little more proficient with my technical production skills, etc. And as such, I've been trying to make our review shows more of, well, an immersive experience by including some sound effects. I really try to have scene-for-scene music cues now and a few more choice audio clips from the original show. But combined, all of that means it's a crazy amount of time that it's taking me to produce one of these episodes, especially the review episodes. Uh, I said I'm getting better. I'm just not getting any faster at this. For example, for the last several episodes, I've averaged around 30 hours of pre and post production time. Of course, don't get me wrong. I'm not really whining here, although it sounds like it, because ultimately we're making the kind of Lost in Space podcast that we want to listen to, and hopefully you do as well. 
But maintaining that level of quality and the time involved going forward means that I will have to make some adjustments to our episode release schedule going forward. At this point, I'm not really ready to commit definitively to a set release schedule, and it may have to flex depending on personal circumstances. Uh, Holidays and vacations can always come up. What I can tell you is that Kurt and I are still committed to reviewing all 83 episodes of Lost in Space, but it's probably going to take a little longer to get through all three seasons than I initially expected. So don't worry if we don't release an episode this week, because we'll get the next one out just as quickly as we possibly can. I really don't like making any changes to our schedule, even though it's clear to me now that once a week was just too ambitious to sustain for the long haul. Still, it feels a little like a personal setback, but I've always been a glass half full kind of guy. And the good news here is that by being more flexible, it's far less likely that I'll burn out or have my wife divorce me before we finish through the whole three seasons. So I guess that's the good news. I hope you'll all bear with us and stick with us as we make some adjustments in our timetable. I'm still going to be promoting the show on Facebook and Twitter, so you'll always have a good idea when the next episode is released. Also, if you do subscribe, to the show through iTunes or one of the other podcast platforms, your episode will automatically be updated every time a new show drops. So I do highly encourage you to do that. For now, that's about it for this special listener appreciation episode of Alpha Control. Stay tuned for more adventures to come as we continue to celebrate our beloved original Lost in Space. Until then, thanks for all your listenership, your comments, and support. We'll see you next time. Good night. Thanks, fellow Galactic Castaways, for listening to the Alpha Control Podcast. Please leave your comments or questions on our Facebook page, Twitter, or email us at alphacontrolpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast via libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Or through iTunes. If you like the show, please leave us a review as well. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week, same time, same channel.